Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host, Corinne Nidja, and this week I, as always, am sharing a, well, I'm going to start sharing different types of episodes coming up about all different types of healing, things that I really love and experts in just living a great life, as well as success stories. But success stories are the largest player in this podcast. So whole food plant-based recovery stories will always be featured every single every single week or experts in whole food plant-based eating. That's the that's never going to change as long as this podcast's around. That's my favorite thing to share because it's so inspirational to me and it's so inspirational to anyone who's out there that's listening that's living with chronic disease and needing that boost to keep them motivated towards a whole food plant-based diet. So that's what's happening today as well. So today I interviewed the incredible Mike Metzer and his story is a, is a story about living with, he was 320 pounds and he had type 2 diabetes. He was just very, very unwell for a lot of his life. And today he's going to share his story with you. So I hope that you really enjoy listening to Mike because I think a lot of people are living in overweight or obese bodies, 70% of the population. And his story, these stories, they never get old. They won't get old because it affects so many people. So that's why I'm so passionate about sharing stories like Mike's with you all. And I'm so grateful for Mike for coming on the show. So I hope that you enjoy his episode. He has gone through so much. And so I'm sure that many of you will be able to take something away from Mike, especially wait to his big three tips because I love his three tips at the end. I think that they're really great. All right. Have a great day and enjoy Mike's episode. So hello, Mike, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Green. And I'm happy to be here and share whatever I can. I am so glad to have you. And as you know, I've done a little bit of a pre-recorded introduction um, for this episode, but please just launch in and fill in all the gaps and tell us your story. Okay. Well, um, let's see if I can remember from when I was 10. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a long time. Start at the start. <laughs> yeah, when I was born, I was little. Very little, but I got big in a hurry. I was kind of a heavy kid and uh, was that way for most of my life, really. And I finally just really said no more, no more of this. When I hit about 320, that's pounds. You guys do kilograms, yeah? Yeah. Yes, probably about 160 base. I always just double it, but that's not quite right. Yeah. 150-ish, maybe. Mm, I could figure it out on the calculator, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, no more. That's it. And I I grew up, I was already vegetarian uh, since the age of 12, but I was sure a junk food vegetarian and ate a lot of garbagey stuff. And then I went vegan in uh, 2006. And my body was very pleased about that because it just sang a new song. So how old, how old were you when you decided that enough was enough? Oh, I was um, 
Probably, let me see. It was probably around the year 2000-ish. Yeah. So that's what, 18 years, 63 minus 18, 50s, early, mid-50s. So I just felt like, okay, this has to end some way, some way. And I was already vegetarian. I tried to do what I could as far as um, eating better, quote-unquote, healthier. And I was going to the gym a lot. And I was able to knock off 10, 20 pounds a year for several years. And I was fairly happy with that. But I had also had previously been diagnosed as diabetic, type 2, and was put on meds, which didn't really work for me at all. So I had said no more to the meds and just stopped those and was just going to the gym a lot. And when was that? Oh, I think that was around 2000 when that happened. And what happened when you stopped the medication? Nothing. I was putting on weight with the meds. That's when I finally said, no more of this crap. And unfortunately, the doctors I was working with didn't know how to reverse it. And it wasn't until quite a bit later that I found out. So I um, just kept doing what I'm doing what I was doing, which was trying to eat a little better and um, exercise more. And it was okay, but I was still feeling like, eh, not all that great. So kind of fast forward to 06, I decided, okay, cut out milk, cut out dairy, and go totally vegan. So I did that, and my body was pleased about that, and I dropped a little more weight. No, still far from where I wanted to be. So, um, and I was still uh, starting to have problems that I found out later, realized they were diabetic-related kind of side effect things. Like um, the vision in one eye was getting a little weird or wonky, as we say. And my walking was getting kind of strange. And people noticed that in uh, 09, I was with my family out in Palm Desert uh, around Christmas. So I came back to L.A. where I live and said, okay, I'm a Buddhist. And we make determinations when there's things we want to accomplish or change. So I had been making a strong determination to finally figure out what was going on first and turn it around. And I was flicking channels on the TV, as one will do, and came across on um, our local public broadcasting, Dr. Neil Barnard talking about reversing diabetes with a vegan diet. And I said, okay, I'll watch that. And I did, and I was blown away. I grabbed his book, got it right away, I think. On, uh, I just bought it like the next day, and read it through it in a day, said, okay, here we go, I'm already vegan, and I have a suspicion I'm diabetic still. So I did that, I called his office in D.C. and asked them, hey, is there anybody in L.A. that I can work with on this? And they said, yeah, we think so, and they emailed me the next day. Wow. Yeah, here's this couple that are doctors in uh, L.A., and get in touch with them. And that was Drs. Alona Pulvey 
and her uh, husband, Matt Letterman. And they had both previously worked for uh, Dr. John McDougall up in Santa Rosa, periodically helping out with his 10-day and other programs, helping take care of patients. So I went in and made an appointment, saw them, met them, grabbed their book, and read through it all, and made an appointment and got going, and got blood work going as they requested. Had my first appointment, and she had me going through stuff like um, explaining what the program was as far as eating whole foods, plant-based, and oh, by the way, no oil. Uh, <laughs> what? I had never heard that. And I had always kept up on all this stuff, or thought I had. And that completely missed me. Yes. The whole McDougal thing. I'd seen his books a couple times in the bookstore, and some reason just never grabbed one. So I um, listened to her, and she said, okay, keep a food diary, everything you eat and email me. And we did that, and I made another later appointment. And when we started my uh, HA1C, the diabetic three-month average, blood glucose was 8.6, which is very solidly in the diabetic camp. But she wasn't concerned at all. She was like, okay, that's our starting point, that's fine. And so I got going on that, and when I started, I weighed 245 pounds. I'll let you convert that for the metric. <laughs> About, and, uh, a bit under half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys don't do stones like the Brits do, right? My mum still talks in stones, but... Oh, really? <laughs> so it must be around... British? I don't know, I guess her ancestors would have been. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't even know what I'd have to Google all that. Yeah, stuff I have to... no idea. She mentions it all the time, and I think I have no idea, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. Hilarious. <laughs> so, anyways, I was about two forty-five down from three twenty, just doing vegetarian and vegan, and exercising a lot. I was hiking a lot with my dog. We have some lovely hiking spots for people and animals here in L.A. And um, so just doing everything I was, quote, supposed to do. And then when I started with Alona, I was dropping two, two and a half pounds a week immediately. And I was like, whoa, crazy. And I was eating tons of carbs, tons of brown rice, veggies, some little bit of fruit. And just dropping weight, two, two and a half pounds every week. Yes, that's so good. I was like, this works. Yeah. That was automatic, boom, actual proof. So we kept that going and refined things. And, you know, it was like, oh, and also, when you're doing the strict form of this program, no flour products. I was like, really? Okay, I'll do it. I had no idea how, what, why, whatever. But I just did that, so cut out flour and oil and anything processed. Any fake meats and stuff like that. No fake butter, 
none of that stuff. A lot of the stuff in my fridge I gave to the dog or tossed out. My dog was vegan too. He ate mostly what I ate, but he got a little heavier too when I was heavier. So anyway, got to about three, three and a half months later, we went in and uh, did lab work again. My HA1C was down to 6.9. Wow. How, how long? Sorry, I missed that. About three and a half months. Yeah, wow. It was from April of 2010 through about uh, September, early September of 2010. So she said, okay, just keep it going. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stay in touch. Email, phone, if you have any questions. And just keep doing it. You're doing it. I was like, okay. And I, by that time, I had dropped 22 pounds. And I was down where I wanted to be or closer, much closer, down to about 225. So that was a good thing. Yeah, so that was showing real actual proof. And I just kept it all going and um, just did that for a couple of years. And then I found that I was starting to have other diabetic-related things that had happened and occurred from when I was still diabetic, since I no longer really was. So I had other, other complications. It's like the whole list of diabetic side effects had almost all of them crazy. So when people ask me about diabetes, I'm like, forget the meds. You don't want to go there. Just reverse it with diet the right way and do it as quick as you can because the stuff that comes up is horrible. Yeah. So can you go into that? Because I think a lot of people, Sure. I think type 2 diabetes is one of those things that like most of the people on this show and most chronic diseases, they're things that happen to other people that we don't tend to look at until they happen to us. So I don't think everyone knows knows all of the common side effects and symptoms that sure. go along with type 2 diabetes. So please, yeah, that'd be great. There's a lot. Well, one is retinopathy. Your vision in one of your, one or both of your eyes can get all screwy. That can be dealt with or at least maintained, which is as best they can do unless you reverse your diet. So what happens with retinopathy? retinopathy? Well, the retinas of your eyes get distorted, and they basically, they swell up. It's like an edema. So then you have to get injections in your eyes of some medications that seem to help that. Now, mine has stopped doing that. So that's stable. I'm my retinologist calls me his uh, poster boy, but half, fully half of his patients are diabetic, type 2. And most of them are getting worse and worse every time. So your eyes are improving, but they were swollen and distorted. Yeah, your vision gets screwy. And it can also contribute towards cataracts, which of course can be fixed by replacing the, uh, the lens. You know, that's a fairly minor surgical procedure. And generally, as people age, that's pretty common. That's not an uncommon thing. But it's not exactly fun. I had that done several years ago. And they can, if you wear glasses, they can make your vision a lot better. So that's not the worst thing. But the retinopathy is a drag. And will, if you don't 
control the diet lead to blindness. To blindness. So you definitely want to deal with that. Another major one is neuropathy, meaning you lose feeling in your feet and extremities like your hands. Does that start before you get diagnosed normally or after you're diagnosed? It can be either way. doesn't really matter. If you're diabetic, if you're A1C, if you know it, great. You can deal with it. If you don't, it's going to have the same effect regardless. So you lose feeling in your hands and feet. And so how... Does it, do, you, do you just wake up and you can't feel your feet or is there like a lead up to not being able to feel your feet? I don't know because I was diagnosed diabetic probably a good 15, 20 years before I reversed it. And I knew I was having some foot problems because your walking can get funny and you don't feel your feet. You tend to lift them high so you don't stumble. Uh, it's called drop foot. And doctors generally, well, well qualified doctors will be able to recognize that as a likely symptom. So things like that, doctors can be real helpful as far as saying, hey, you better get checked for diabetes, which is a simple blood test in HA1C. It's a simple draw. So you had retinopathy, neuropathy, which both sound horrible. Not fun. What were your other symptoms? The other major one that I've got is kidney disease, what they call CKD, chronic kidney disease, which if it's not controlled will lead to first dialysis, then possibly a transplant, followed by likely death. Not a good thing. No. So mine is actually stabilized and actually my kidney function has improved a little bit. So again, my doctor's kind of blown away. You know, of course, I share with them what I'm doing. And even though they don't have much experience with that or with nutrition at all, it's a good experience for them to understand that this can reverse. Yeah. And it's not brain surgery. It's not that hard. So is this a symptom from type 2 diabetes, like a symptom of type 2 diabetes, or is this a separate thing altogether? No, it's definitely related. Wow. Definitely a cause and effect relationship. Wow. And so what happens when you have kidney disease? Like what, how do you feel? Like what happens to your body? Well, basically, it just means your, well, your urine is not being filtered properly. So it can really mess you up. Fortunately for me, it hasn't really gotten to the stage beyond where the doctor will look at the numbers and go, oh, we should get that down. But it can also be a blood pressure thing. For a time, my blood pressure was kind of high. It no longer is. I didn't really have too much of an issue with turning that around. And it can also cause cardiovascular disease or CVD, which of course can lead to heart attack and death. Yes. Also a drag. <laughs> also a big drag. Because if you read or look at Dr. McDougall, Dr. Esselstyn, they've all turned that around with diet. Yes. And quickly. Yes, they have. So obviously I'm recording this after, but today I interview, well, today's episode, episode 59 of the podcast, which came out today, two weeks ago, if you're listening to this on the time this episode comes out. But it was with Doug Schmidt, and he had a widow make a heart attack. And wow. 
And he has is doing amazing now, running and fit. And if he, as, as I think he's sorry for outing your age, Doug, but I think he's fifty nine now, and he had that heart attack at forty nine years of age. So ten years later, he's running and fit and looking so oh. good. Obviously, the work of Dr. Corbel Esselstyn and his book Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, and Dr. McDougall and all of those people, um, Dr. Dean Ornish, all their work is helping so many people to to prevent and and reverse heart disease and like you say really really quick results for most people yeah very quick so it's incredible so yes hi doug if you're listening (laughs) great work (laughs) yes so heart disease so you've said retinopathy neuropathy kidney disease and and obviously you said that it can cause cardiovascular disease which is our number one cause of death across the globe so you know all things you don't want i lucked out with that yeah because my arteries coronary arteries are all clear that's great for whatever reason i don't know but i did have um carotid artery disease these guys oh really and um, that one popped up in, um, that turned up in uh, late 2012, because I went to my doctor just for a regular checkup, and he was just doing the stethoscope thing, and went up here and went, huh, that doesn't sound right, and listened on this side, said, no, that doesn't sound right. So he had me go in for ultrasounds, and they found my carotids were 80, 90% blocked. So that was not so good. No. That was not good at all. So had me um, scheduled for surgery. And I had two surgeries in 2014, early 2014 for that, where they have to go in and basically just kind of rotor-rooter out the plaque that's in these arteries. Because, of course, if you don't, then you're a likely cause for stroke. Then actually they had to redo this side, the left side again, because a year later they did a scan and found there was scar tissue there. Just just one of those weird things that can happen. And that's why my voice is like this, because when they went in sometimes, I guess they don't see it too well. They nicked my vocal cord nerve. Oh. I only have one working vocal cord. Oh, gosh, that's awful. So that was a serious side effect. So even if you don't get coronary disease, you could have carotid. I recommend everybody just get your carotids checked because it's a painless 20-minute ultrasound, nothing to it. And most doctors don't catch it off a stethoscope, even though all the doctors and nurses know about this thing makes a sound that's like a whistling in the stethoscope called a brewy, B-R-U-I-T. And they all know about it, but I asked my doctor about it, and he said, you know, how many he had caught? He said, "Eh, maybe two or three out of thousands of patients. Wow, it's fascinating that obviously I'm not an expert, but like you talking about this, you know, I have, it made me think, like you say, your heart was free from cardiovascular disease, but somewhere else, you know, things were thickening up and bl- and blockages were happening in other in other arteries. And I think about um, the team Scherzai, the couple of neuroscientists and a neurologist couple who wrote the book 
the Alzheimer's solution and then them talking about you know the the arteries and veins in the brain right. being brain. being clogged you know with for, sure. causing Alzheimer's with the, with with eighty percent to do with sorry this is not quite right but you know they're saying that the brain having the arteries clogged um, which is causing Alzheimer's and those kinds of things not just from diet but from lifestyle other other lifestyle factors but large factor is diet choices and they promote a whole food plant-based diet as well low in fat and you know no oils right and it's interesting because you just you think about heart disease or i i have but then you don't think that the other you know other guests on the show i've talked about erectile dysfunction and you know all of these vessels it might not be happening in 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 your heart but it's happening somewhere the fluids aren't getting it's through miles and miles of arteries and vessels yeah there's blockages happening somewhere and they all impact on our sure. on our overall health it's just fascinating it's fascinating and even stuff. if you don't realize it at the moment it could hit you up later in life too Exactly. Exactly. Um, yes. A lot of these things don't just happen overnight. You know, they're things that happen, sure. like we say, there's signposts along the way with our diet and our weight and our bowel movements and all of these different things that tell right. us that disease is forming. So, yeah, no, I'd never thought about this carotid artery blockages being a thing. So it's, oh, wow. The second or third highest cause of death, too. Yeah. They're right up there with heart, with heart attacks. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Thank you for raising my awareness of this because I'd had no sure. idea. And I think people who are listening probably have no idea as well. And if, no. you can, if, we, if your information can help prevent strokes, people having strokes, which, which, which affect so many people, like you say, it's incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, the surgeries are not fun. No. Basically, they're cutting in your neck, and it's, uh, it gets all puffed up afterwards, and then you're just kind of chilling out for a couple months. And then they do the other side because they don't do both sides at once. Oh, so it takes out about six months of your life. It takes a chunk out, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now I'm recovering from a broken leg. Oh. That's totally unrelated. <laughs> wow. Oh, so yeah. your type two diabetes and and your and your ill health in your ill health, you know, it it has well I don't we I it has had a huge impact on your quality of life over the years. Oh yeah. No question about it. I mean, especially in the last um Starting around 2012, which is two years after I reversed it, um, that's when all the shit hit the fan, if you will. And feel free to bleep if you need to. No, that's fine. Okay. So, um, yeah, and I mean, uh, even growing up, I was a heavy kid. Um, and that wasn't very common. Now it's common as can be. I mean, all the kids out there are just fast food junkies and just eating garbage. I had, was kind of a chubby kid. And it uh, wasn't until much later, you know, that uh, things really kind of hit the fan and got dealt with. I mean, I wish I knew of what I know now, 20, 30 years ago. But 
it is what it is. Absolutely. It, I think every person on this show wishes that they, you know, that they knew this or were born this way or raised this way. Or, you know, I guess this is the generation that's more and more kids are going to be raised this way and, and, and yeah. growing. And my sons, you know, they're so healthy and thriving, yeah. whole food, plant-based little boys. So, you know, there is, there is hope that not, our, our ill health will be there, a gift to them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> to, to those young people coming forward now. But like being overweight, I was an overweight child as well. And it's just not fun at all. It's not fun at all. And so then, so you were an overweight kid. And then when did things, you start to feel other symptoms? The other stop, stuff started popping up mostly much later as I was just kind of doing my thing, grooving along, musician. Things really started hitting, getting the fan around uh, 08, 09, 2010, right around there. And that's when I said, okay, enough. Or as the Italians say, basta. <laughs> and um, enough. And just turned it around finally. So I was really thankful I was able to connect with uh, Dr. Poldy, who really got me through everything real. She just knew. And now it was funny because apparently when I was working with her, they had already shot their portion of Forks Over Knives. But the movie didn't come out until the next year. So right after I finished with her, she said, okay, that's great. You're on your own. Pretty much just email and phone and whatever follow-up you need. Um, but she said they're not taking private patients anymore because they got signed up to be medical directors for the whole foods chain. So that's like 400 plus different uh, stores and 90,000 plus team members, they call them. And I just emailed with her the other day. Apparently there's no real changes yet as far as Amazon owning them now. But we'll see. Who knows? Wow. I only just learned about Amazon owning them just last week. Oh, yeah. Well, that was major media stuff here. Well, fingers crossed they don't change too much. Well, we'll see. Hopefully not. Because they have great health benefits there for team members and people who have health issues of whatever kind or they're suspected to. They have the option, okay, you can go to a health immersion either in a McDougal or an Engine 2, or there may be a one or two others they do. And just go, company cost. Just go to a place for five or ten days. Learn everything they need to learn, and that's it. Yes. If you haven't heard of the McDougal immersions and the Engine 2 immersions, Google them, but I'll put, some, I'll put the information in the show notes as well. Yeah. So uh, I'll yeah. write that down. Because they're great things to go to if you are in America and you're wanting some intensive support with your chronic disease, you'll be... You're anywhere and want to take a long vacation. Yes, go from Australia. I'm, I'm going to go one day. I'm going to be there. I'm so excited. Great. It's, it's on my bucket list. Sure. Dr. Google's technically retired, but he's still active in that. Yeah. Oh. Yes, he's a great man. So one day, I'm one day, I'm hoping I'll get him on the show. <laughs> That's my that big, 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 big goal. Have you reached out yet? 
I reached out very early on in the podcast and he very politely said he was too busy. I think his house had just burned down in the bushfires. It had just burned down. He had moved in another place and apparently he broke his leg in a fall. Oh, yes. So it wasn't a great time. So I'm going he to... May be, he may be okay with it if he doesn't have a... Uh, a program going on. Yeah. I'll reach out again soon. I'll give him a bit longer. <laughs> yes, but everyone else, I'll put their Dr. McDougal immersion and the Engine 2 immersions in the show notes and links so that you can click on them and head on over if you're in the States or if you're wanting a long holiday. Back to the start. When you were first transitioning to a whole food plant, obviously you'd made from to switch to a vegetarian and you were exercising and then you went vegan and that's great. And then you went whole food plant-based, which is, which is it's like starting again from the start <laughs> because you have to relearn how to cook with oil and, you know, it can be hard for a steep learning curve for lots of people. It was a little bit of, of a transition, but... I don't think it's nearly as much as it would be from a no. a standard American no. or Western diet eater. Definitely no. Whole foods plant based. Not yes. even close. No, that's true. So how was the transition for you? It was really not difficult because I had the target and the goal in sight. And it was really like, okay, I'm doing this. That's it. So I just went out, bought a twenty five pound bag of brown rice and had lots of veggies and stuff cooked up a great big pot of brown rice every week and threw it in the fridge. And I and my dog would eat from that mostly. That worked out fine. I was dropping weight doing that. So I had no problems with it. And I think that this is a great point, Mike, that you're making. I think a lot of people complicate this way of eating a lot. But if you simplify it down to a giant pot of rice and just have that ready to go or a giant pot of quinoa or a giant, you know, tray of potatoes that you have stored in the fridge. Sure, some beans. Beans, you can just grab from that. It doesn't take, you know, putting rice in a rice cooker and cooking it or putting spuds yeah. in the oven and cooking them, it doesn't take any time at all. And then just add, you know, condiments, fat-free hummus or you want to add some veggies to it. Just make it as simple as you possibly can. Right. While you're transitioning so that it's not confusing. Yeah. Now I've gotten a little more complex at the time. You know, now I'm like Mr. Instant Pot. Yes. Make the Satan and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's so, all good. So just give yourself baby steps, you know, big pot of rice and then slowly make it more gourmet or play around with it and find new recipes and things that you like but don't make it hard at the start because it's already confused you know can be a big challenge so just make it simple you don't have to like memorize a cookbook yeah yeah but if you're going to the engine two cookbooks are amazing fox of a nice cookbook's amazing how not to die cookbook's really good and the the china study cookbook's one of my faves as well i like all of those Good, good. Oh, but there's a new book out, The Flavor Cookbook by, oh, I can't remember, Flavor, F-L-A-V-O-R, which isn't how we spell it in Australia. But that cookbook is out and that's a low-fat, whole food, plant-based cookbook that's supposed to be all about flavor. So if you're into cookbooks and you want one, and one last plug, which is the Andrew Taylor's Spud Fit cookbook that he's got everyone from everywhere to. It's an ebook that you can get. Um, 
Just just search for it, the Spud Fit Cookbook. You'll find it, Andrew Taylor. Hello, and go buy it because it's got everyone's recipes from everywhere. Mine's in there, but everyone, Doctor, everyone, everyone. I can't. My brain's paused, but so many great people that I'm feeling very humbled to be included in um, in that cookbook as well. So find some recipes that you like, or just do what Mike did and buy tons of brown rice, cook it up, put it in your fridge, and you'll be great. Sure. Yeah, and Joe, I would just add that to salad and, you know, throw some no no oil dressing on and stuff. Yes, yes, exactly. Beautiful. And what's your favorite dressing? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. <laughs> one of the ones I really like, I've only been able to get a couple of times. Whole Foods makes a, a line of non-fat dressings that's refrigerated, and a lot of the stores only have a few or none even. And the one I really liked, they had a, uh, I wish they would do a good vegan ranch, no oil. But it's a, um, it was a vegan, um, I finished it and now it's out of mind because I haven't been able to buy it again. But they're tricky with that. But yeah, they're in the refrigerated section. There's like a little fridge case next to the produce in most of the stores. And that's where you would find it. It's a little bottle. They often have them in their salad bars too open, so you can try them out. Oh, great. If you're in the States, you can tr- try and find them in their little fridge section. Yeah, yeah. Do they have a name? It's under, I think, Whole Foods Market brand. Oh, okay. It's their yeah. own brand. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So that's cool, but I'll do a three, two, one. Like, uh, you probably know about that. Three parts balsamic. Um one part, two parts, yeah, two parts Dijon mustard, one part uh, maple syrup or agave or whatever. Yum. And then I'll throw in like roasted garlic or God knows what into that to spice it up a little bit. I love that kind of dressing. I have a massive spice shelf that's like six, um, six shelves, one on top of another that I got on Amazon totally full. I was speaking to Kay Cooper, if you're listening, Kay, hello, the other day, and she was saying that she never, you know, my parents are the same, their spice cupboard before she adopted a whole food plant-based diet was full of expired spices. And she, and she was saying, you know, now she uses things before, much before their expiration date. And she's always... And her repertoire for spices and her, you know, herbs and spices, adding them to her cooking has just drastically Oh, yeah. Increased. I try all kinds of stuff. I must have 70, 75 bottles. Wow. Yes. I think it's great to try new flavors and learn new things. And that's part of what I love about this way of eating is that we get to relearn about flavor and how to make things taste good. And a lot of recipes are very convertible even from just standard American or Western diet or, or a standard Aussie diet, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You would yeah. say, yes. Uh, you know, take this out, replace this with this, that kind of thing, which reminds me I have to get applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> applesauce is very handy to have. It is good to have. It is. So in the beginning, what, was this tricky, what were the struggles for you? Like, What did you find the hardest part of adopting a whole food plant-based diet? As far as the diet goes, nothing really. And I wasn't really doing much exercise either. 
I would go and do a little bit of bike or elliptical at the gym right when I started the whole thing. The rest of it was mostly just kind of eating the right stuff. And um, I mean, for a while you could buy um, baked corn chips and stuff, but they've gotten very hard to find, so you have to make your own. So not that hard because there's a lot of uh, no oil tortillas to be had. Yeah. At least in LA. Yeah, there are here too. That's good. Well, they're not that easy to find, but there are, there are, they are out there. So if you're looking for corn chips, just buy some no oil corn tortillas from your supermarket. Slice them up, sprinkle them with deliciousness, bake them in the yeah, oven. Exactly. They taste like simple. hardly any time at all, and they still taste great. Oh yeah. So that was really the whole scene. It wasn't really much of a struggle, and just the fact I could up on the scale every week and see two pounds down, two pounds down. So I got to a point, though, um, in 2015, I had a couple of vocal cord surgeries to see about making this better. And it did get a little bit better. Um, And right after that, I said, okay, I want to drop the last of my weight because I still felt I was too heavy. I was about 225, and at five foot ten, I was like, not where I want to be. So I said, okay, I'm going to try True North. So I found I could um, get on the phone with them and do Skype appointments or phone appointments. Uh, they just charge hourly for, and I was able to do that with Dr. Clapper before he moved on from there. And he's wonderful, too. Oh, he's just the yeah, best. Yeah, if you should try and get him. I really want to. He said he would come on. I just have to, I just have to hunt him down and hound him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's great too. And he's the so best. I uh, did that, did a couple Skype appointments, and he had me go on a um, modified juice fast. So because of my kidney issues, I couldn't do a water fast anyway, which is their big thing. But he said a juice fast, so you do juice in the morning and then do whole foods plant-based the rest of the day and don't eat after about 5 o'clock. So I started that, and within a year I dropped 50 pounds. So I'm on my current weight, which is pretty optimal, 175. Congratulations. That is fantastic, Mike. That is yeah, so I just good. did a plateau at that point. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to break it. Uh, so you did. Able to. Everyone, check out True North as well. I'll put them in the show notes. True North is also very cool. Yes. I want to go there one day too. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right around the corner from McDougal, I think. Yeah, so I'll on my bucket list. <laughs> so how, how, how has this changed your life then? How do you... How's everything different now? Tell us. Okay. Well, number one thing I realized is everybody treats thin people differently than fat people. So it's a big realization of discrimination. Mm. So I'm real sensitive to that. Mm. Not being heavy anymore. And so how did they treat you differently? Well, I think people just, you know, people of the opposite sex or whatever, or even the same sex, just one-on-one, it's a different thing. Even walking down the street, I'll, 
make eye contact with somebody where before that wasn't happening. Or if I just meet somebody, it's more, it's just more normal, more natural, I guess. Do you think that your confidence changed as well? Do you think that, that part of it is because you're that more confident? May be, that may be a factor, but it's definitely not the only factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The discrimination factor towards heavier people is definitely there. And it's something most people aren't even aware of that they do, I would say. Yeah. But I, they do. They do. And the thing is, I, I think that for a lot of people, like when you lose weight, one thing that I found hard is I actually did find it hard when people would compliment me on my weight loss because I, f- I felt like they were then saying that the other version of me was right. was wrong, was, not was broken, yeah. not good enough, and that made me feel – just makes you just – even though I feel so much better and I understand that I feel so much healthier sure. and better, it still makes you think, wow, you know, I was overweight, obese for – 30 years that you knew me, I don't know. It just made me feel sad. Yeah. Well, that's part of it too, for sure. Yeah. But I think that was a big realization that didn't take long, especially when I dropped the last 50 from 225 to 175. That was a big change. Mm, yeah. That happened relatively quickly in just a year. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so obviously you've had that realization, but how else? How else are you finding? What are the, What are some positive <laughs> benefits rather than oh, just yeah, learning yeah. about the human well, discrimination? There's a lot. I mean, pretty much all of my medical issues have stabilized and/or gotten better, and that's provable by blood tests and everything. So I'm able to share that with my doctors, and hopefully they get them looking a little more, hey, watch forks over knives, watch what the hell, this is the reality. Because most doctors, they get zero education in nutrition, and most of it's supplied by industry anyway. So it's wrong regardless. Yes, it's so it's so challenging, but I love that you're out there helping to educate your your doctors oh, yeah. any way possible and out there spreading the word. And I think that one of the things I love about every guest who comes on this show, they immediately feel so good and so healthy that we sure. we just naturally want to spread that message and pay it forward however we can. And it's just lovely oh, to yeah. hear that you're doing that as well. Yeah, and I mean, the last few months I'm still been recovering for like five months from this broken leg thing yeah so it's not like i've been really out and seeing a lot of people a ton Mm. of people Mm. although at times i do like today i was at one of my buddhist meetings and saw a lot of people i hadn't seen in quite a while quite a few months but it's like okay and at this point i can cheat on certain things and it has no effect on me on the scale or whatever, you know. I don't make a point of it because it's important to be really strict in being able to be. And I can, but I don't have to be. I mean, I don't do oil, I don't do fats, I don't do any of that stuff. But okay, a little bit of plant-based ice cream here and there, not going to kill me, not going to put on 10 pounds. So, you know. Yes, yes. Look, the occasional treat can be nice sometimes. If, if, yeah, you know. yeah. If especially, you know, I think that 
I wouldn't say that to anyone who's the, is at the start of their journey. Definitely no. I wouldn't say no. that to my dad if you're listening. But I mean, if you're way down the track and you've been healthy for a long time, like yeah. Mike, and you've reached all your health goals and you no longer got diabetes and you're no longer overweight or obese, right, and you right. want to have the occasional treat, you know, that's your choice. <laughs> you could go for sure. it. But if you're wanting to reach those health goals, you know, you know what to do. Eat the rice. <laughs> Pleasure these days is um, not far from here. About five minutes drive is a uh, a vegan Cajun restaurant. Yeah, wow, delicious. Which is real good. Awesome. So, what is your last before we hang up? What would be your three biggest tips for anyone who's listening who wants to consider this lifestyle? Find out exactly what's going on with your body. Find a good doctor to give you a once over, including lab tests. Look at the doctors who know and the people who know. Don't read a lot of everything out there because there's mostly garbage. That's so true. Starting with Dr. Oz, who has just unbelievable crap. He, he's not the one to go to. Don't go to Dr. Oz. No. <laughs> go go no. to start with Dr. Dr. Barnard or Dr. Campbell or Dr. Esselstyn right. or Dr. McDougall or Dr. Gregor. Nutritionfacts.org. Start Start with them. (laughs) Sure. And if you need help with things, there's people that help as far as coaching and things like that here and there. Mm. There's so many great coaches. There's so many great coaches that have been on this podcast. There's so many. There's so many to look for. Yeah, yeah. And what's your third tip? There's actually quite a few good uh, Facebook groups that are very helpful. What are your favorites? McDougal Friends is really good. I love that group, yes. Some of the other McDougal groups are real good. Those are the main ones I look at here and there or get posts from. We have one here which I'll promote again. It's called Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Deb. <laughs> nice. There's this really great. You can I don't know if it's for every open to people from other countries from the states, but if you're in Australia, right. it's a really great whole food plant based group. Big on uh, marmite, huh? Big on the marmite, right? <laughs> I don't know if we they would have a whole food plant based version of marmite in the, in the group, but we have Viv. Yeah. No, kidding. I don't think so. <laughs> Um, yes, so they're all great groups to go t- to, to join to learn about whole food plant-based living. Another great page is Food is Medicine with my friends Elizabeth and Tony and obviously my page and my group. <laughs> but that, if you're listening, I'm sure you're already signed up to those as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, Tim Kaufman was on one of the major morning shows here a little bit back. Hi, Tim. We love you. <laughs> I think it was maybe Good Morning America. And I think Josh Lajani and some of the other guys who had had tremendous weight loss success were on with them. Wow. Well, if anyone's watched that or if anyone can watch it over there, I don't know if we can watch it here in Australia, but it sounds like a really good program. You can probably find it now on streaming or YouTube or something. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the show. I absolutely loved hearing your story and meeting you. Yeah. It was really wonderful. And now your tips, if you missed any if you missed any of the tips, it was find out what's going on. And that is something that hasn't actually been suggested many times. 
I don't know if it's ever been suggested. Obviously, educate yourself. Look at the doctors who know is a great tip as well. And ignore the noise. I find that a lot of people want to look everywhere. What's the keto people doing? What's this person doing? What's a paleo doing? You just sit there in a spin, in a head spin, going around and around and around because everyone's telling you a different message. Just find the message that that works. Obviously, I'm going to say this message and the, the, the diet that's the only one known to prevent and reverse heart disease. So I obviously would say this way of eating is the optimal because it does so much for people with cancer, with people with heart disease, people with all kinds of chronic diseases. If you look back through these podcast episodes, all 63 episodes of them so far, definitely worth checking out. And the, and the doctors who are leading this movement, educate yourself by listening to those people. And and But first, go to your doctor, like Mike's saying. Go to the doctor, find out, get all your bloods done. Is your vitamin D high enough? Sometimes they they're norm, the normal is still quite low of what they say is normal for a healthy human. Vitamin D is so important to our immune system and to – you know, diseases like multiple sclerosis and so many others, vitamin D, vitamin B12, is it is that okay? Because I was deficient with B12 when I was a meat eater and I haven't been deficient since I've been plant-based. How is your how is your iron going? You know, all those things. And like like Mike said, you know, if do you need blood work, ultrasounds, what do you need to find out how everything's working, have that all done and then start from there with with the plant-based diet and go back every six months or whatever? The doctors, when they see results of things, a lot of things they're programmed to prescribe this, prescribe that. Statins for any coronary blockages, um, metformin and other crapola, or even insulin for type 2. And don't listen to that right away. Really explore before you jump onto any any meds. And a lot of people, so if you do get those results back and you go on those medications and you start a whole food plant-based diet simultaneously, a lot of people, including Andrew Spudfit's Spudfit Challenge participants and lots of other people who are running these types of programs, they find that the the numbers, the, the results, the healing happens rapidly. And so you will need to, if you have type 2 diabetes especially, you'll need to alter those medications or high blood pressure, high cholesterol really right. quickly because the results are quick with this way of eating. So you make sure right. that you're Otherwise, working with a medical team because you could get too low. Yes. And you don't, want, you don't want it to go too low or yourself to get sick. So make sure that you're working with a medical team that's supporting you with this way of eating, that you find one. It's the best medicine for sure. Food is the best medicine for sure. And obviously join some good communities like McDougal Friends or all the other. There's so many great groups, like Mike said, on social media that you can check out. But thanks again, Mike, for coming on the show. Thank you, Corinne. You are so welcome. So nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the show and sharing your story. And thank you all so much for listening and sharing these episodes with your family and friends on social media or commenting over at the website on the show notes or subscribing or leaving a five-star rating over at Stitcher or leaving a kind review over at Apple Podcasts. All of your support may seem like nothing to you, but it actually really helps spread share this podcast with more people around the world. Every time you like, comment, share, rate, review, subscribe, 
this podcast gets shown to more people. So more people get to hear stories like Mike, stories of recovery, stories of transformation, stories of going from utter despair and terror about receiving a diagnosis such as type 2 diabetes or multiple sclerosis or lupus or heart, having a heart attack. Every time you, you, you support this podcast, you share these stories, these people's stories, these 63 stories here now of hope, transformation from all kinds of chronic diseases and people listening may in turn be able to firstly just get some hope because hope is is medicine in itself. Hope helps, hope heals, hope, you know, people... People have miraculous recoveries from nothing but hope alone. And like you can look that up in hospitals, prayer, hope, belief, faith, faith heals. Like it sounds ludicrous, but it just does. So even if this podcast just gave people hope, that would be a big deal. But a whole food plant-based diet, we know the science behind it. We know what the work of the research of leading nutrition experts such as Dr. T. Colin Campbell, Neil, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. John McDougall, Dr. Colbel Esselstyn, Dean Ornish. There are so many experts out there now doing the work, doing the research and, and informing us and spreading the message that this way of eating can help reverse the top, most of the leading causes of death from chronic disease that exist currently, heart disease, many forms of cancer, lupus, multiple sclerosis, you know, strokes, Alzheimer's. It helps so many people and most of us will be touched by these conditions in our lifetime. So your support means so much to me because it means that more people can avoid, potentially avoid being diagnosed with these conditions. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support, for all the likes, comments, shares, tagging your friends, you know, reviewing the podcast and saying kind things about it over on Apple Podcasts, you know, leaving the five-star ratings. All of that helps spread these messages of hope. Every time you, you support this podcast, you never know what the ripple effect will be. And that's what I do this for is to share these stories and offer people hope. So thank you so much for all your support. Always. I love you all. I'm so, so grateful to every single one of you for listening. And thanks again, Mike. And I love your story. I'm so glad that you're feeling so much better. Thanks again. Bye.